Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
sparrow that sings it makes sweet melody for the rivers that flow the rain and the snow thank you lord thank you lord i just want to thank you lord i just want to thank you lord for everything you've done for me thank you lord thank you want to thank you Lord I just want to thank you Lord for making me whole saving my soul thank you Lord thank you Lord for my whole family for the joys you've given me for the shoes on my feet Plenty to eat, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for the church where I worship and pray, for the freedoms that I have today, for your spirit I feel, the presence so real, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for making me whole, saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord being a friend so dear giving my sad heart cheer for holding my hand when i could not stand thank you lord thank you lord for giving your life for me on the cross of calvary for taking my place for mercy and grace thank you lord thank you lord i just want to thank you lord i just want to thank you lord for everything you've done for me thank you lord i just want to thank you lord i just want to thank you lord for making me whole saving my soul thank you lord for making me whole saving my This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
What's right? 
Psalm 57, verses 9 and 10. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. His robes for mine, O wonderful exchange. Clothed in my sin, Christ suffered neath God's rage. Draped in his righteousness, I'm justified. In Christ I live, for in my place he died. 
His robes for mine, what cause have I for dread? God's daunting law, Christ mastered in my stead. Faultless I stand, with righteous works not mine. Saved by my Lord's vicarious death and life. I cling to Christ and marvel at the cost. Jesus forsaken, God estranged from God. But by such love my life is not my own. My praise, my all, shall be for Christ alone. His robes for mine, God's justice is appeased. Jesus is crushed, and thus the Father's pleased. Christ drank God's wrath on sin, then cried his done. Sin's wages paid, propitiation won. I cling to Christ and marvel at the cost. Jesus forsaken, God estranged from God. But by such love, my life is not my own. My praise, my all, shall be for Christ alone. His robes for mine, such anguish none can know. Christ God's beloved, condemned as though his foe. He as though I, accursed and left alone. I as though he, embraced and welcomed home. I cling to Christ and marvel at the cost. Jesus forsaken, God estranged from God. But by such love, my life is not my own. My praise, my Some know me well, 
Still nobody knows me like you All of my secrets to you I tell You saw each time that I slipped and fell And all of my faults, yes, you know them well But you've never turned me away Nobody knows me like you You put your arms around me, you bring me through And there's many times I don't know what to do Though some know me well, still nobody knows me like you nights that I was afraid I stood on the promises you had made the way that I act sometimes I am ashamed but you never turned me away no 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 nobody knows me like you you put your arms around me you bring me through and there's many times I don't know what to do Some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Nobody knows me Nobody knows me like you You put your arms around me You bring me through And there's many times I don't know what to do Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Though some know me well
Listening to Songs of Praise.
souls those hiding in their shame and fashion from their brokenness a story filled with grace a story filled with grace Redeemer you take all that's lost and turn it into gain so why am I amazed to find you reach this broken life of mine you make all things new that's what you do my Redeemer To all who feel so far away Afraid to see your face You silence every trembling word With your strong embrace With your strong embrace Redeemer, you take all loss and turn it into gain so why am I amazed to find you reach this broken life of mine you make all things new that's what you do my redeemer Lord, you are so merciful, more than we could dream. Your glory shines in all that you redeem, in all you redeem.
Though you've 
Listening to Songs of Praise, a production of Thread in Australia Radio. You are listening to Three ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book Deeply Esteemed: The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Chapter 10. Across the Bite. Hurry up, son! You're dreadfully slow. The stewardess responsible for the children on the SS Victoria patted Stanford on the back as she spoke to him. The children were all given a bowl of porridge for breakfast and nothing more until they ate it. Winifred couldn't stomach porridge, so when Stanford finished his bowl of porridge, he passed his empty bowl to Winifred, who put her porridge in his bowl. Stanford ate Winifred's porridge and then passed his empty bowl to Eric, who didn't like porridge either. By the time the stewardess spoke to Stanford, he was struggling through his third bowl. Laura was sick as the SS Victoria rolled across the Bight, a very rough stretch of the Southern Ocean. Stanford and Eric, who were better sailors than Laura, ran up and down the deck. One day, Harold came back to the cabin to discover a steward helping himself to a piece of the Christmas cake given to the family by the members of the Adelaide Church. The family had Christmas Day on board. Harold wrote up an account of the trip in April 1919, and it appeared in the Australasian Record of May 26, 1919. It is now a little over three months since we bade farewell to the many kind friends in South Australia to take up our work in this field. We had planned to leave Adelaide by train for Perth, but the Lord overruled it otherwise. We spent the whole of Christmas week on the water, and a very enjoyable time we had. There were about 100 passengers on board, and a more sociable lot of people one would not wish to meet. I was asked to conduct two services on the Sunday in the saloon, to which the second-class passengers were invited. My subject in the morning was great prophetic image, and it would have done the readers of record good to have seen the interest manifested by both stewards and passengers as I hung up the coloured symbol chart and explained from this most wonderful line of prophecy the history of our world. 
revealing the astonishing truth that the fifth universal kingdom was soon to be set up. In the evening service, the second coming of Christ was the theme, and the people again listened with great interest. Then on Christmas morning I was again asked to take the service, so I took the opportunity of speaking on the life of Christ from the manger to the throne. The good Lord gave power on the delivery of each subject, and the Spirit of God came very near. Several passengers came to me after the services and said they would like to hear more of the prophecies. Some addresses I obtained to follow up with literature later. We could readily see now why we came by steamer. On this boat were passengers for India and Java. Some had been to India, had been to our treatment rooms there, and had been treated by Nurse Manson. These spoke well of our work there. Brother O. Hellestrand, Harold's assistant at Angerston, and Brother Arthur Knight met the family as they disembarked in Fremantle. Harold found a house for the family in Fraser Street, East Fremantle. It was a weatherboard house with a big veranda on the front and side. There was a big gum tree near the double gate and two almond trees in the backyard. The tent was pitched in East Fremantle, only a stone's throw from where Pastor Michaels conducted a series of meetings six years before, and the mission commenced in January 1919. Harold was assisted by Brethren Hellestrand, Shapcott and Knight and Sister Reed. The First World War was over and the mood of the people had lifted. There was a wonderful spirit among the workers. Writing several months after the mission commenced, Harold wrote in the Australasian record, We like our field, our fellow labourers and the dear people of God over here. What a wonderful truth we have, how it binds human hearts together. What will it be when the Saviour comes to gather all his loved ones home? In his report of the boat trip to Fremantle, Harold also reported on the progress of the mission. Our tent is still standing, but will soon have to come down on account of the wet season setting in. We have held 46 meetings in it, with an average attendance of 18. Our offerings have averaged 8 shillings. Up to the present we have 11 keeping Sabbath, and as many more interested from this effort. In conjunction with this mission we have been holding lunch hour talks at two large workshops in North Fremantle, we speak for 20 minutes, and it would do you good to see the interest these men take in the subjects presented. I say men, but I should include women as well, for one of these places happens to be a boot and tannery factory, and about 30 girls are employed. Many of them come into the shed and listen and have never missed a meeting. Some of these employees have attended our tent services and are amongst the interested ones. We supply literature gratis after each address, which is eagerly taken. Both Brother Hellestrand and Brother Knight have taken up this line of work, and the Lord has stood by them. They have enjoyed this new experience and entered into it heartily. The children attended the East Fremantle Seventh Avenue School. When the mission in Fremantle ended, the family moved to a little cottage in Wharton Street, Cottesloe Beach, and a Perth suburb across the Swan River. Harold and Arthur Knight commenced a mission in a hall in Cottesloe on May 18. There were over 80 persons in attendance, of whom only 20 were church members. By August 1919, Harold and Arthur were contemplating the establishment of a Sabbath school in Cottesloe Beach. Opposite the house in Wharton Street was a convalescent home, 
and on the corner of the street was a large building for children who were deaf and who could not speak. The house was on very sandy soil. To make it easier to walk on, Harold brought up seaweed from the beach and spread it around the yard. Timber slats were in place around the side of the house. The front veranda was concrete with a closed surround and above it was a canvas blind. The neighbours called the house Bug Villa because it was infested with bedbugs. Every wash day all the bed sheets were taken into the backyard and scalding soap suds were poured over them. The lady who owned the house said that the family must have brought the bedbugs, but that was certainly not true, as the walls had been painted before the family moved in and bedbugs could be seen painted onto the walls. When Harold saw the big yard with loose black sand, he said, I think I can grow watermelons here. When the melons were about six inches long, he collected some bottles from the beach, filled them with sugared water, split the stalk of the melons, put a piece of flannel in the split, and then threw the cork into the bottle. The bottles were shaded so they did not become too hot. Harold kept the water levels up in the bottles, and the result was beautiful sweet watermelons. One of the melons grew to a great size. A few fowls were also kept in the backyard. The house was close to the beach and the children loved playing there. Harold enjoyed a regular swim and found it refreshing in his busy schedule. While living in Wharton Street, all but Phyllis came down with the Spanish flu, or bubonic plague as it was called. Winifred started with tonsillitis, which lasted for a couple of days, and then went down with the plague properly, with a temperature of 104 degrees Fahrenheit, or 40 degrees Celsius, and it stayed up for nearly two weeks. Winifred's hair began to fall out, so she had it clipped and wore a cap until it grew again. At the top end of Wharton Street was a railway line. One day when Harold and Anne were walking home from the railway station, they noticed two little boys going back and forth over the railway line, seeing how many times they could do it before the train came. To their horror, Harold and Anne discovered that the two little boys were Stanford and Eric. On May 19, 1921, Anne gave birth to Cecil Raymond Knightley, the third son and sixth child in the family. Raymond was the first of Anne's children to be born in hospital. Previously, the children were born at home. While a baby, Raymond began to lose weight and a neighbour suggested to Anne that she try giving him goat's milk instead of cow's milk. Anne followed the suggestion and soon Raymond was thriving again. One day, Stanford and Eric were taking Raymond for a walk in the pram. The street sloped down to the beach. They decided to see how far they could let the pram move away from them down the slope before running and catching it. They did this successfully for a time, but eventually they let it move too far away from them to catch it, and the pram continued to the end of the street, where it overturned in the sand. When they reached the overturned pram, little Raymond was lying in the sand. He had sand all over him, including in his mouth, nose and ears. Stanford and Eric enlisted support from a neighbour to clean him up before returning home. Harold received money from his father's estate while living in Wharton Street. He contributed some of this money to build a new brick church for the church company that had been raised up by the mission. As Harold preached at Seventh-day Adventist churches on Sabbaths, he asked the elders for permission to request the congregation to pledge amounts 
to help pay for his new Cottesloe church building. Invariably, he got the same answer. Well, our church is still in debt. Harold responded in turn, If they pledge enough to clear your debt, can I have what's left over? In this way, many of the churches cleared their debt and Cottesloe Church was dedicated debt-free. To raise funds for the Cottesloe Church, Harold visited the business houses to solicit donations. During this time, he received a letter saying, I believe you are collecting money to build a church. If you ring this number, ask for Mr Fox, and you will hear something to your advantage. Harold went to a local shop to make the call. The girl in the shop tried to tell Harold that he was ringing the zoo, as she knew the number. The call confirmed that he had indeed been given the number of the zoo, so he hung up. On the way home, Harold chuckled loudly to himself. As he was passing a big hedge, a familiar head popped up. It was the local pharmacist. What's the big joke? the pharmacist asked. Harold told him how he'd been fooled and both laughed together. Then Harold asked the pharmacist, Now we've had a good laugh, how about a donation for the church? He was given £10 or about a month's salary for the average worker, so the practical joke proved providential. For some years, Harold used evangelistic charts available from the church. One of the converts from the Cottesloe mission was a French artist, Brother Palat, who painted a number of charts in oil paint for Harold. There were charts illustrating the major prophecies of Daniel, chapters 2, 7 and 8, and Revelation chapters 13 and 14. The symbols depicted in these prophetic visions included the strange image of a man and various animals and beasts. There was a large chart illustrating Eden lost to Eden restored, and another showing the cross that bridged the gap between earth and heaven. Some were large enough to span a platform, while others hung on a special stand. A farewell present from the Cottesloe members was a large case made to order in which Harold could store and transport them. When the family shifted, carriers invariably joked about the resemblance of the case to a coffin. After Cottesloe, the family moved to Carragullen in the hills to the southeast of Perth. Carragullen was past Bickley, where the church operated Carmel College. We'll continue the story next week. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. If you have any questions or comments in relation to today's program, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 61 2 4973 3456. Our email address is radio at 3ABN That is radio at the number 3ABN Australia, all one word. Our postal address is 3ABN Australia Inc. PO Box 752 Morissette, New South Wales 2264 Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support.
Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Today, in the reading of a psalm, Psalm 6, uh, this again is a psalm by David and is also for the choir director, and it is a prayer of faith. O Lord, do not reprimand me when you are angry, nor be harsh with me when you are greatly displeased. Please show your mercy to me in my humanity. O Lord, heal my spirit, for I am pain to the bone. My innermost being is greatly distressed. How long until you help me? Do not leave me, O Lord, but deliver me. Save me from my wretchedness in your kindness, for when I am dead, I will not be able to remember you, nor can I thank you when I am in the grave. I am worn out with my lamenting. Every night my bed is wet with tears. I drench the couch I lie on with my sobs. My eyes are sore with sorrow. They are failing, for my enemies trouble me. Get away from me, you sinful people, for God has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my desperate prayers, and he will take note of my entreaties. My enemies will turn away, regretful they ever took their stand. Let them retreat and be humiliated in a moment. <laughs> 